Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Happy New Comic Book Day, and welcome to this week's edition of Panel Riot. This week, we are talking with someone I have wanted on the show since its inception, Kristen Ross. But before we can get started, intern Stan, theme, if you please. Stan, that was fantastic. I greatly appreciate you, and I value the work you do for the show. But stop smoking pot in my bathroom. This week, we are talking to Kristen Ross, and we're going to be talking about Image Comics. And, uh, here she is. Say hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to thank Stan. He's very important to me. Everybody loves Stan. Everybody comes on the show. They, they're just wild about Stan. He's great. He's an internet sensation. It's crazy. So before we get too deep into Image Comics, I want to talk about you. Let's uh, let the listeners know who they're uh, who they're hearing about. Oh gosh, okay. Um, I am a writer, I guess. First of all, because that about covers everything. I've written comics. I have written horrible poetry that no one will ever read. I've written essays, and I am currently a romance novelist. But um, I wrote a comic called Hate Your Friends a million years ago when I was Kristen Blank. And I write romances, Evelyn Price. So, love your personalities. Excellent romance is Evelyn Price. I uh, I don't know if I've promoted it here on the show yet, but uh, the book is called A Man Above Reproach. It is available on Amazon, and you should get it right now. You should stop listening to this podcast. <laughs> go to Amazon.com. As a matter of fact, go to PanelRiot.com. Click on the button that says Amazon, and there will be a link directly to A Man Above Reproach, and you can 
buy it through our store. We can support everybody. We can support it's all just of like us. Fifty Shades of Grey. If you like Fifty Shades of Grey, if you don't like it, it's just like whatever you like. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, how long have you been reading comics, and what got you into comics originally? Oh, let's see. Um, how long has it been? Maybe fifteen years. Yes, I think sometime around then. Uh, I actually got into comics because I started writing one, because I was, I had, I went to film school for a very short time, and I realized that I didn't want to be a filmmaker. So I thought, all I want to read is dialogue. What can I do? Comic. So I wrote myself a little comic, and then I hooked up with Mikey Wood, who people in Pittsburgh might know who he is. He has been a Comic-Con fixture and an artist here for way longer than I've been writing comics. And we did a seven-issue comic called Hate Your Friends that was about a record store. And so that was sort of my introduction to comics. And I will admit I've never been much of a superhero girl, so I guess I'm a fake geek girl. So I am that girl that you have all been worried about. This isn't that kind of show. All all geeks and all readers are authentic. We love everyone here on the show. Um, my friend Chris from Rickard and Beagle Books made these great little buttons that say, I'm a fake geek girl, ask me about it. <laughs> <laughs> but when I started reading comics, I started reading things like The Invisibles. So I never really came at it from a superhero angle. I mean, I guess you could call The Invisibles superheroes, but it was more about the kind of stories that you can tell that way that aren't Batman or Superman. I just never got too into like the, the big characters. You never got into any particular like Marvel or DC book? Never followed um, mm. a storyline? I read certain writers more than I read a certain imprint. Except okay. Image, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> because I'm just a terrible Image fangirl. <laughs> Uh, well, there's nothing wrong with that. As we will discuss, Image is the place to be for good comics nowadays. It's it's amazing. Well, let's talk about that. What are you reading now? I am reading, and we have to be really careful because I don't have Sex Criminals Volume 2. So if you have read any of that stuff, you can't spoil it for me. I, I'll, but, I'll do my best. But okay. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so we can go over Sex Criminals Volume 1, which I love, and I'm reading Bitch Planet every time it comes out. So... Um, Let's see. Oh, God. Here's my embarrassing one. I read the whole four-issue arc of Sleepy Hollow. Was it good? It was great. It was great. And then they had these cute little mini-comics in the back, and it just it made it worthwhile. But, like, that's that's the total... That's the, I guess, guilty pleasure read. <laughs> but, like, I... Did I ever tell you that I went to Morrison Con? I don't know if we knew... So. Yeah, when... So, like... Writers like Hickman and Morrison are my touchstones. We went all the way to Vegas for Morrison Con. <laughs> oh, wait, I think I do remember seeing a picture that you posted of you and him. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah it was our honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> but we also met at a comic book convention, so it was sort of um, apropos. That's a good honeymoon. It sure is. So uh, so we've got Sex Criminals, we've got Bitch, Bitch Planet, uh, and Sleepy Hollow. Yes. Anything else? <laughs> um, no. No. I'm pretty much just strictly... Set. Oh, oh, wait! We can divine. 
But you told me that you don't, you haven't read Wicked and Divine or Photogram, so we can't even go over that. We can't. No, it's okay. I started the Wicked and the Divine. Started it. Okay. I started, I'm, I'm an issue in, and it's incredible. It's as good as everyone says it is, and everyone yeah. says how good it is. So go buy the Phonogram volumes right now, because in August, the third one comes out, and this is like a really big deal. Can I swear? Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay. wait. no, wait, no, you can't. I'm sorry. Oh, rats! I always, I always forget which of my shows you can curse on and which ones you can't. It's a good thing that I asked because otherwise, I probably would have just been on <laughs> stream. If you, if you really feel the need, go ahead. I can, I can bleep it out or something like that. But well, anyway, swearing—that's how I feel about phonogram. Okay. Like that was, that was why it was necessary. You need to just go back and read that. I can do that. I actually picked up. Um, Humble Bundle had an image bundle yeah, of all these different that. comics. I was and like, I have all these, or else this would be useful. That's how I got um, the first, I think it's the first five or six issues of The Wicked and the Divine, plus just a bunch of other amazing stuff. That reminds me, actually, are you reading Saga? I read the first two volumes of Saga, but I am so behind on it. <laughs> I'm distracted. Saga's very good. Saga is a, that's going to be a whole episode of this show somewhere down the line. I, I will uh, catch up and come back for that episode. Absolutely. That would be fantastic. So uh, you mentioned going to you know MorrisonCon and everything like that. Who are some of your favorite, uh, favorite creators? Well, when I was at MorrisonCon, I pretty much followed around Jonathan Hickman in, in a really, really embarrassing way. <laughs> and like I, I almost thought that it seemed like he wasn't used to women really being into his books. <laughs> I thought I'm freaking him out. Like there was one point that we were behind him in like line getting coffee, and I was like, Jonathan Hickman line getting coffee. Like Jonathan Hickman knows I'm whispering about him. <laughs> <laughs> like, but Morrison Con was a little crazy because it wasn't like a regular con. Like it was enough time that people could talk to the creators and actually ask them questions that they could sit and have some time to answer. And, like, I got up at each one of his panels and was like, I need to ask you about such and such in nightly news. <laughs> but have you read any Hickman? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, um, let me think, what have I read of his? Uh, I just started reading The Dying and the Dead. I think I got into the first issue of that. What else? Actually, my first exposure to Hickman was, he was when he was writing for um, Marvel. Uh, I think he was writing either Avengers or X-Men. And I remember looking at all that and thinking, you know, this is completely different from anything I've seen on a Marvel book before. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. But of course you know that I haven't read any of the superhero books. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, Marvel was hanging their hat on him to create this huge storyline. It was the Infinity series. Like, Thanos just came back in the Infinity Gauntlet, and he was making this giant, elaborate tapestry that I had never seen something that big in a Marvel book before. It was great. He doesn't hold back, which is great about him. Like, I feel like he he expects you to come up to his level. Like, if you find something in one of his books that you have never heard of before, then he expects you to go research it, and he's not going to explain it to you, which is really nice, like, to not be held by the hand as a reader. But, like, I, have you read the Manhattan Projects? I've not. Oh, they're great. See, this is all of the, like, regular... Like, the creator-centered books. Once again, Image Fangirl, like, 
nightly news and Manhattan projects are my Hickman touchstones. That's, I mean, that's the great thing about Image. They go to Marvel and they make big money, and then they go to Image, and then people can they can um, kind of stretch creatively there. Um, and but the thing is, I was just talking with a friend of mine about this, about how you've got Marvel and you've got DC as the big two, but Image is absolutely on its way up in a big way because if you ask anybody who reads comics really really is into comics what's the best comic out right now odds are good that they're going to name an image comic it, it's pretty ubiquitous right now which is amazing because that i mean that shows you where we can go with the medium like there's room for all the superhero stuff and then there's room for just like this weird out of this world, whatever they can come up with, and nobody gets hemmed in by, oh, you can't do that in a comic, or that seems more like a novel. Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like with the with the internet, I feel like that's been a huge proponent of these all kind of alternative comics because they don't have to rely on the publisher to promote them the way they did back in the day. It was just you know most people just went and whatever was on the rack, whatever looked interesting, they would pick up. But now, word of mouth is such a big thing on the internet. You can hear about books that you wouldn't have necessarily heard about. You know, yeah, and I find it really, really hard to go every week to find something, you know, or even every month. Like, I don't find myself in a shop as much as I would like to. But it's easy for me. Like, I like to read things in big chunks, so I love trades. Like, I just like to buy everything at the same time. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, reading a book issue by issue when it comes out, is a, it's a completely different experience as opposed to looking at the whole thing as one complete work of art, you know? I find it doesn't stick with me as well if I read them all one at a time. So, and then just also, like, totally selfishly, it doesn't look as nice on a bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, uh, we are just scratching the surface here on Panel Riot with uh, Kristen Ross, so we are going to have a quick commercial little word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with more Panel Riot. And incidentally, I'm not a wine expert. All I know about wine is that it either tastes good or it doesn't. And I also know that Petri wine always tastes good. The Petri family sees to that. The name Petri on the label is the personal assurance of the Petri family that every drop of wine in that bottle is good wine. And they know how to make it good because they've been making fine wine for generations. Handing down from father to son, from father to son, every secret, every skill of the winemaker's art. Yes, the Petri family took time to bring you good wine. That's why no matter what type of wine you wish, you can't go wrong with a Petri wine. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's edition of Panel Riot. Uh, we want to give our sincere thanks to the Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine. They've been sponsoring us since the very beginning, and we are so very grateful to them. We are talking about Image Comics with the incredible Kristen Ross. Say hello, Kristen. Hi. Uh, so let's dive right in and... Uh, Talk about Bitch Planet. Let's talk about Bitch Planet. <laughs> Kelly Sue DeConnick and Valentine. I don't know how to pronounce. Fa is it Valentine? Valentine. I think it's Valentine. Valentine Delandro. Delandro. Um, uh, we'll have to swear at this part since we're talking about Bitch Planet. I think. I think. 
bitch is one of those words that uh, I'm going to be okay. I've, I've said shit a couple times on the show. There's, <laughs> it's okay. We're all adults here. So uh, <laughs> tell us about it. Okay. Bitch Planet is an awesome fest. That is the best way and most Andy Dwyer way to describe it. Um, it's basically, we, we're in the future. There's a planet where all of the non-compliant women are being sent to. So non-compliant women up until this point have been defined as like a lot of things, and it seems as we go through this that non-compliant is extending to even just not falling in line with the way society wants to see you as a woman. So it seems like they're like these they're trying to force women into the Stepford Wives role. And if you don't want to play that role, you get sent to Bitch Planet, which is like a prison planet for women. It's still very early days in the book. It's it's only had um, three issues so mm-hmm. far, but it's, it's just it's so popular. It's one of their most popular books right now. That's because I think women were really like crying out for somebody to write something that wasn't totally focused on dudes. And it, it came at the exact right time, and it's also the exact right way to approach it. Um, it is one of the most diverse comics out there right now. And in so many different ways, like the last, the very last issue was all about Penny Royal, and it was about basically how women feel about their bodies and how society wants them to feel about their bodies. And at the end of each one of the issues, there's a big essay, like a two to three page essay on academic feminism. So something from a prominent feminist, an essay in the back about issues that are going on right now. In the very back cover, the Hey Kids patriarchy ads are one of the best parts of the book. But it's just really nice to see female characters that aren't um, they don't have to be in costume or they don't have to be relegated to roles that are either playing off of men or being the girlfriend or getting fridged. I mean, I'm, I'm like we said, it's only on the third issue, so we're not, we're all not really sure where it's going, but it, they keep hinting at this, um, big arena fight in the future. After I read the first issue, I thought, I, I actually thought that it was going to be um, almost one-shots with the same, in the same universe, you know? Yeah. Which actually kind of has been so far. Each issue um, really focuses on a different character each time. Right, which I think is a really smart way to go. And I think that might be the, we're going to focus on each one of the women that's going to be involved in whatever's going to happen in that arena. And so then by the time we get to the the big climax of that, we'll know all of those characters and what their motivations are and what their paths are. So that will be, like, I think that is the first arc. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a great way to go about it, because instead of... Um, when you first meet the characters, they're in the arena, and it's all the action, and you, the only thing you know about them is what you learn through, you know, all the fighting and everything like that. You get to know the characters beforehand, and you, you really you care about them. Right, that makes it so much better, because you know what's going through everybody's mind. 
Yeah, and then if someone dies, it's not like, oh, well, someone died, but there's, you know, seven other ones or whatever. Right. It's, you really care about the, what happens to the characters that way. It's, it's very good. I think she's a, she's a great writer, and I'm really happy I started reading this book. I mean, that third issue was heartbreaking. Oh, my God. I cried. I was like, I can't believe, like, barely, novels barely make me cry. Like, unless there's something involving an animal, which it's like, if there's anything involving an animal, I will definitely be in tears. But just, so, I think it was like three times throughout that last story, the, the Penny Roll story, I couldn't keep it together. I was like sitting on my bed with the comic, and I'm like, I'm feeling too many feelings right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. It's so well done. The art is fantastic. The art is... um. It's it fits the story so well. I think so the art's amazing, and I love the the sort of like throwback covers that look like um like old exploitation posters. Yeah, it's really 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 well done. So that's uh, that also you can find at panelriot.com. We'll, we'll uh, link. Well, if Amazon has it, we'll link at least link to the first couple of issues if you can get it through Amazon. But if you can't. Go to your local comic shop, pick it up immediately. This is a fantastic book, and it's not just good. I feel like it's important. I do too. Oh I've, yeah. I've, I've mentioned this on the show before that you know some comics are good and some are entertaining and some are important, and this is an important book. Uh, you mentioned the timing of this book about how you know this is something that women have wanted for a long time. Do you feel like ten or even five years ago? this book could have come out and been this successful. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I definitely don't. But, I mean, when I, when I started writing comics, it was, yeah, 15 years ago. That's very strange. But, like, even back in 2000, 2001, when I first started going to cons, I can't imagine a comic like this coming out. I can't even... I, there were barely any girls at conventions back then unless they were booth babes like there were there were some women creators there were some women who worked booths that weren't quotation booth babes and then the actual like costume girls but it wasn't anything like it is now like I'm not sure where the tipping point on that was but sometime in the past 15 years like, girls started coming out of the woodwork and coming to conventions and getting involved way more than they were before. Um, do you feel that, um, okay, so you've got two huge companies like Marvel and DC. So do you feel that they kind of play it safe with their comics and Image kind of has this attitude of you sort of have nothing to lose, so let's just do whatever, and they've... Exactly. They've struck, they've struck gold taking... <laughs> yeah, away. but I mean, that's always how you strike gold. And I think Marvel and DC have forgotten that. That, but I also think that the like there's money involved, and I mean at the root of everything, like when there's so much money involved and there's such a canon, and people are so invested in a certain character, you can't you can't really screw around with it too much, you know. Um, and if people don't have a lot of patience for experimentation in certain ways. And actually, I really, I think, like, overall, in our culture, I think that we've sort of lost the ability to sit with things or to let people develop, you know? 
So you can't just go to Marvel and DC and be somebody who has just somebody who has who doesn't have any like prior success. You know, they hire from a pool of people that are already proven. And it's not like they're developing artists or it's not like they're giving artists time to do their own things. They're not, they can't afford to do that, you know. But like you said, Image has the luxury to just be like, well, we're, <laughs> it doesn't matter, you know, we make money on this or we don't. But they're going to make a lot of money <laughs> on, on what they've chosen to do. I mean, I think people really, really want stuff that's different, and they filled that hole. I completely agree, and I feel like Marvel is starting to take notice of that, because when you look at the lineup of uh, creators in Image, it looks a lot like the lineup of creators in Marvel. You know? <laughs> I mean, Kelly Sue DeConnick and Matt Fraction, you know, Brian K. Vaughn, uh, Warren Ellis, Warren Ellis will do whatever he wants for anyone. Yeah. Just like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ed, Ed Brubaker, Kieran Gillen, you know, all of these people are working or have worked for Marvel before. And, I mean, I'd have to do a little more research and find out if it's a chicken or the egg thing. It, and you see you see more experimental books coming out in Marvel. You see stuff like um, like Hawkeye, um, which was a huge smash, smash success. And they had <laughs> to sit up and take notice of it. And uh, and now you've got books like Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel and just different, not the same superhero fare. Right. And I mean, some of it is even like it's the same superhero fare, but it's it's 2015, you know, <laughs> like it's <laughs> now it. And that's the great thing about comics, too, is that they're a proven medium. So they adapt over time. You know, we have we get the heroes that we need. Nice. I like that. That somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that. I want to put that quote in the uh, in like the show description. <laughs> oh my gosh! I hope I didn't steal it from someone. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever do that? Like, say something and you're like, "Damn, that's good," but you have to Google search it because you're like, "Did I just maybe yeah. I just crib that from someone?" <laughs> did I did I hear that somewhere? And uh, <laughs> I hate that. So, bitch planet and. Um, Let's see Sex here. Criminals. Sex Criminals. Oh, God, that's a good book. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, I love it so much. I love it so much. So yeah. how, how I far... I love anything involved, in, like anything that has magic and sex, I'm all right with. I'm definitely going to like it. I mean, I write romance novels, so... <laughs> it's so It's so well written. Like, someone would ask me what Sex Criminals about, and I tell them it's about... Um, it's about two people, and when they have orgasms, time stops. And that's the least interesting part about the comic. <laughs> that's so true. Just the dialogue and the characters and the it's artwork. It's so realistic, like, which is hilarious like in context because it's not a realistic plot line at all. But like the people, you're just like, I either am that person or I know that person. Yeah, or. Yeah. That person's roommate, I definitely know. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's it's funny and it's emotional and it's it's just it's so it's, hard to describe. I didn't actually realize it until we started talking about it. It's just really hard to boil it down to anything. It's it, like you're like you just have to read it. Yeah, exactly. That's another one. 
go and buy it. Go buy Sex Criminals. There's more than three issues out. Volume 2 just came out. Yes. I actually just got my, my email today that said that my pre-order shipped. Woohoo! That's awesome. Did you get the Just the Tips book? No, but I'm going to. <laughs> so, um, in Sex Criminals, each issue has a letters column uh, at the end, and they have across the top these, um, you know, they're basically sex tips, and I, they're hilarious. I can't think of any off the top of my head, though. <laughs> Probably better, you know. We'll, we'll yeah. keep it PG. It's a, it's a sort of PG episode here. Uh, you know what, let me uh, pull up an issue here and see if I can find one. It would be a nice quick thought uh, before we throw to commercial. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Sex tip. Blow her mind in bed tonight. Reveal your matching skull tattoo to that of Warhol actor Joe Spencer that appeared in Black on Black on the cover. <laughs> Sex tip. Are you into golden showers? Traveling on a Delta flight to Atlanta on December 30th? Reading this over my shoulder? Hmm? Well? <laughs> it's amazing and it's hilarious and everyone needs to read it. And actually, we are going to talk more about it. Uh, but we have to take a quick commercial, another quick word from our sponsor, uh, and we'll be right back with more Panel Riot. Please stick around. In or around the Pittsburgh area? Check out Metamorphosis, Pittsburgh's only full-service organic salon, spa, and wellness studio. Haircut? Check. Manny? Check. Petty? Check. Massages, highlights, sauna, and facials? Absolutely. We even offer professional yoga classes daily. Visit us at SpaPGH.com. That's S-P-A-P-G-H.com today. Because when you feel good, you look even better. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much to our sponsor, Spa. PGH.com, Metamorphosis, the happiest place on earth. I, uh, I am actually going in about a week or two. I've got a massage scheduled because I'm a bundle of nerves. <laughs> so I'm going to go, I'm going to relax, I'm going to do a little yoga. It's going to be wonderful. Check them out, SpaPGH.com. And uh, this week on Panel Riot, we are talking about Image Comics. We have a wonderful, amazing guest, Kristen Ross, has joined us. And, uh we were talking about sex criminals before the break and how amazing we were. We were reading some just the tips. So, what is it? What is it? If you had to, if you had to pick one thing that's wonderful, that like a one sentence pitch about sex criminals. I love your one sentence pitch. I think <laughs> I really do. Um, but I am a dialogue junkie, like an absolute dialogue junkie. Like, that's why I write romance in the first place. Like, I loved Howard Hawks movies when I was a kid, so, like, witty banter is just my crack. I love it so much, and that's what Sex Criminals is. Like, it's just people talking to each other. Like, the smartest people. <laughs> the best people. <laughs> and it seems it's real. The dialogue is so good mm -hmm. that... You never think, oh, this is a character in a book. You read it and you think, oh, yeah, no, that's absolutely a person. That's just how they talk. No, and never once when you're reading it are you, like, taken out of the world at all. Or you don't, or do you doubt that, like, any of the crazy stuff that's happening could actually happen? You're just like, yep, that's happening. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite parts about the book in general is um, Chip Zdarsky is great with, uh, with artwork and 
like the, the scenes in the background. So almost any page you can pick, and if you look in the background, there's something in the background. Um, that you didn't see the first time that you went through. Exactly, yeah. Whether it's a sign or something like that. Like, at one point they're in a strip club, and they're in the back room of a strip club, and uh, there's a door that says, uh, keep this door closed because of the patriarchy. It's <laughs> hilarious. And I can't tell you how many times I read this comic before I noticed that. You know what I mean? Right. Because there's just so much going on. It's just a really rich world. It's really just our world, but sometimes you stop time when you have sex. Exactly, yeah. My, I think uh, my favorite line from the first few issues is when our two uh, protagonists meet and they sleep together and they discover that they can both they both have this power and she they're shocked and then she laughs and says, "Is your penis glowing?" And it is. It's he's got they drew this cute little penis with a little halo around the end. It's adorable. It's adorable. It is. <laughs> it's a great book. Everyone should read it. Sex criminals. Um, so uh, I want to talk about Saga real quick. Yes. Um, not at length. Well, yes, because I told you that you can't spoil me. Right. And that's my fault. I'm sorry, listeners. That's my fault. I'm a very, very busy woman. It's okay. It's all right. It's it's a great book, and the reason that it, well, I don't want to spoil it for you. I don't want to spoil it for them, and I would like to dedicate a whole episode to it somewhere down the line. It's worthy of it. Right. Brian K. Vaughn, Fiona Staples, and it's it's a love story, right? Everything's a love story. Right. But yes, it's a love story. It's it's um, how would you describe it? Uh, let's see. It is what could happen to our world if we go on the way we are now. That makes sense. Um, I mean, it makes sense if you if you've read it. I guess it doesn't true. make sense if you read it, if you yeah. haven't read it. But like, it's it's another futuristic sort of like. Society has crumbled, dystopian thing, but also, um, it's not like we're dealing with normal humans. Right. There's, um, there's, it's, it's all kind of aliens, and there's, you know, these two warring factions, and one is a group from the moon, and the other is from this planet, and two of them fall in love, and it's all forbidden, and they have a child, and they're on the run. Right. So it's sort of like a classic Romeo and Juliet opposed, um, shouldn't love each other sort of thing, but set against this backdrop that is difficult. Right, yeah. And the thing is, it is it is this crazy, you know, there's a space opera happening over here, but I think because of, again, because the dialogue is so good and the writing is so good, that everyone feels, you feel for the characters, you know? Right. It's the... Putting our emotions that we feel like every day at different points in our lives on to a, a completely different terrain. It's great. And then there's a guy with he's a, he's, he has a television for a head. Yeah. <laughs> and his name is Prince Robot the Fourth. <laughs> Prince Robot the Fourth is awesome. Yeah. Some of the book's really on the nose, but in such a way that it's hilarious. Um, so yeah, go by Saga. You have a lot of things to buy, and we're not even done yet. That's fine. I, I did a, I did an episode where I suggested, like, I think 20 different comics. 
Start a panel riot scholarship. It, it has crossed my mind. Hey, do you want to sponsor a panel riot spo- uh, scholarship? <laughs> panel riot scholarship. Email us panelriot at gmail.com and uh, with your bank account and routing number. Um, Start screwing up a teenager's mind right away. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Start them on the good stuff immediately. Yes. Um, so, speaking of books that they need to buy, let's talk about the wicked and the divine. Let's talk about the wicked and divine. Kieran Gillen, Jamie Mc. <laughs> McElvey. McElvey yeah, and Matt Wilson. Yeah, you're right. <coughs> Who I am, again, a shameless fangirl of. I love Kieran so much. Mm-hmm. Like, as we were talking, I mean, he's the British version of Matt Fraction. <laughs> That's a high compliment. Mm-hmm. It really is. It really is. <laughs> like, I actually can't think of a higher <laughs> But it, it, in it, well, okay. Maybe it's not, that's not completely true. Because all of Kirian's stuff has this angle, which is very important to me, and which is why I connect so much with his work of music. So, most of, at least the stuff that I'm into of his, like, phonogram and The Wicked and Divine is all based on music and what music does to us and what music means to us. Like, the way, I think that's really the point of The Wicked and Divine. That's because, like, I guess we should tell everybody what it's about first. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So The Wicked and Divine is a story about musicians as gods. So they all come back at a certain time, and it's sort of like you have these totem gods that, Everyone would recognize their names. Clearly, Lucifer is the big one in the first story arc. And um, they're all rock stars, which makes complete and total sense when you think about it, because rock stars, when you see a concert, when you get really into an album, like, that's a divine being. Like, that's just somebody that's transcended what the rest of us can do. And that's... What the Wicked and Divine is really about at its core is how, I guess, I we don't have gods anymore. <laughs> you know, like, people have their own religion, but we don't have, like, mytho- like, mythology. We have rock stars. Right. Yeah, that's basically our, uh, our version of mythology. It's what we pass down to our kids, you know? Mm-hmm. You're right. I have only read the first issue, uh, but I'm hooked. I'm completely hooked. It's yeah, it's amazing. It's so yeah. good. The art. So I, I won't spoil anything because like there is, if you've only you only read the first issue of it. Okay. Oh god. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just see now. There's like, stuff I really want to tell you, but we can't talk about it yet because it would absolutely blow it. And you really need to like. The end of volume one, you can just like email me right afterwards. Okay. And I'll, that's all. The last issue of volume one is like, it's a, a wonderful payoff after you read through the first arc. You really like, you get to the end of it and you're like, this is exactly what I wanted to happen, which is <laughs> such a good feeling. Well, I'm not going to get anything done at work tomorrow, so. Nope. Just tuckling. <laughs> Uh, one last thing I want to mention, uh, since we're talking about Image Comics, uh, is Velvet. I've talked about it on the show before. Ed Brubaker, Steve Epting, and it's their um, kind of uh, 
spy story turned on its ear. It's, it's wonderful. We don't have to uh, get into that very much. Um, anything else that you would like to uh, recommend to the listener? Um, I think everyone has has enough. I think that we, we've put it up on their plates. Because these it's not like these are... <laughs> there is never enough. It's not like these are books that you can just, like, pick up and be like, la-di-da-di-da. They're, they're definitely, you have to, like, pay attention to them. And then they're also going to have this weird hold on you. Like, these, the books that we just talked about, I personally think are all books that you can't, you put them down and they just still sort of stay with you. And then you think about them afterward. And they, they make you think, which is the best that you could ever hope for in a piece of art. Yeah, I love I love books that um, that are character driven and they make you feel something. You know, that's the point, right? Feelings. Yeah, exactly. Well, this was amazing. This was, was. wonderful. This is one of our best episodes ever. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was a blast. Uh, tell the listener if they want more Kristen Ross, where can they find it? Oh, I am on Twitter like all day, every day, and I will talk to you. <laughs> it's just that my Twitter handle is like needlessly confusing because that's the way my whole existence is. My Twitter <laughs> handle is Baronetus, and that is I'm not gonna spell it for you. You'll find it. You can you can find it. I have faith in you. If you just look up Kristen Ross, you'll eventually get to my Twitter. Or just ask Will on Twitter too, and he can tell you what my handle is. Because it's an English title that there are only five of. <laughs> I don't I, actually know this title, but I was like, what is the most obscure British royalty title? There it is. There are only five baronetesses, or only ever were five baronetesses, except huh. for this place, which is me on Twitter. Excellent. And you can find links to everything through that, but um, my romance novels are under Evelyn Price, and I have another one coming out in 2016. And that's about it for right now. Awesome. You can find all of that stuff on panelriot.com or uh, just check the link in the show description. I'll make sure to have her uh, her Twitter account there. Um, and uh, before we leave you this week, I have exciting news. Listening to Panel Riot is now easier than ever. Just go to panelriot.com, click the link that says most recent episode, and there you can play, get this, this week's episode. Uh, right in your browser, easy peasy, groots a treasy. You can also follow us on Twitter. Uh, I am at Panel Riot and also at DJ Lunchbox. And uh, you can even find Internet Sensation in Turnstan at Turnstan. Shout out to Stan. Right? <laughs> People are crazy about him. Um, the show itself is available on Stitcher Smart Radio, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and, of course, it is also on iTunes. If you could take a moment, if you listen to us on iTunes, go and leave us a rating, leave us a little comment, five-star, four-star, whatever you feel is appropriate. It would mean a lot to me. It would mean a lot to the show. Um, I want to know what you think of the show. Please send us an email, panelriot at gmail.com. Let me know what you're reading, and let me know what you picked up on the recommendation of Kristen after this podcast. Hopefully it's all of them. Uh, tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Your favorite midnight snack is whatever. So that's it. Thanks for listening, true believers. Till next week, but hopefully I will have thought of a catchphrase. <laughs> Bye!
Panel Riot is a proud member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.